Suffice it to say, it's rare having Easter spring up on April 1st, April Fool's Day. Now, we thought about incorporating some April Fool's jokes into the service today. Someone wanted to surprise Pastor Marty by dumping some ice into the baptistry. (laughs) Someone else wanted to fill just a few communion cups today with grape jello instead of grape juice. (coughs) Andy Pratt, excuse me, Andy Pratt. Sorry, I got a frog in my throat from being up so early this morning. I, I don't think that one happened, but well, I guess we'll find out. But after intense debate among the board and much deliberation, we decided to go prank free this morning. Nothing today but the well-known Easter hymns, a very warm baptistry, I hope, and the familiar gospel story. Because although April Fool's Day does have a very long history, Easter happened first. We've already read that story again, though the exact year is not known. We know around 2,000 years ago, Easter happened. But when April Fool's Day began, well, that's quite another story. It was in the 1700s in England when April 1st became a sort of annual observed day of jokes and pranks. But the celebration of this late March, early April day of pranks is much older than the 1700s. Some suggest the roots go all the way back to ancient Greco-Roman festival of Hilaria, as it was called, which included jokes and masquerades. But no one really knows for sure when this April 1st tradition began. And we don't know why, but for a very long time, we humans have thought it a good idea to devote at least one day to fooling one another. It is perhaps the one thing that separates us from the beasts. Maybe, maybe it's because of this season. There's something about spring that brings out our facetiousness. Early spring really is one big climate joke. I mean, cloudy with a high of 30s on Easter morning, you've got to be kidding. But once spring does finally set in, the shorts begin to come out of the cupboards It's in the cupboards. You don't put shorts in the cupboards or wherever you are keeping your shorts. And you can't help but smile as those pale legs begin to see the sun after the cold of winter. It feels good to be out in the sun again. It's almost comical how a bulb frozen in dirt since November will pop up out of the ground with no cue, no help from us. All around us, creation is waking up, and maybe we should be smiling, maybe we should be laughing, and maybe in the spirit of the season of it all, it's okay to even play a prank or two on a friend, not to mock them, but as if to say, wake up, pay attention, it's spring, it's April Fool's Day, and you never know what might happen today. Now, we don't know the actual date of that first Easter, but it very well could have been on an April 1st. Perhaps that's why this Easter story plays out in classical, practical joke fashion. You almost expect the angel to say, smile, you're on candid camera, because there's hidden identities, there's unexpected twists, and maybe even just a little lighthearted cruelty. It's early that morning before dawn, still dark. But there is no laughing when the story begins, only crying as Mary checks on Jesus' tomb. She has to see it for herself. See where her Lord's remains will remain. 
But seeing that the stone had been rolled away, she runs away herself, goes and gets the other disciples, tells them they have taken the Lord, and we do not know where they have laid him. No one is laughing. Together they run back to Jesus' tomb. Peter sticks his head in, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, the text says, and the cloth the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Such fine detail, the perfect set up. But here's what's really funny to me. When the men see all this, they just go home. They don't wait for the punchline to see how this plays out. But Mary, Mary stays there. She's weeping outside of the tomb. When she finally gets up the nerve to look inside, it's not empty after all. There are two angels in there. Why are you weeping, they say. If they're trying to be funny, it comes off as a bit cruel. Isn't it obvious why she is weeping? They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they laid him. And that's when Mary hears something from behind her. It's a man's voice. Why are you weeping, the man says to Mary. Whom are you looking for? The same cruel joke, only more so. Mary thinks he's the gardener and begins to yell at him. Sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. It all seems pretty foolish when you think about it, her understanding of the story. But what other explanation could there be? Of course, of course, we're all in on the joke. We're standing on the sidelines. We see her weeping and we kind of feel a bit uncomfortable because... We know what's happening. We, we want to crack a smile, but we got to stay in character for just a moment because we know this man, he is no gardener. This is the risen Christ, Jesus, who just a few days ago told his disciples, I am the good shepherd, he said. I know my sheep and I call my sheep by their name. And when they hear my voice, they listen. And so Jesus calls Mary by name, her sheep, Mary, he says. And she gets it. When she hears her name, she knows who it is. My rabbi, she says. And she grabs a hold of Jesus. Now we're off camera, but just grinning from ear to ear at this point, laughing and crying and laughing. After Jesus leaves, Mary returns to those disciples who went home and missed it all. And she shouts out that good news, the first to make this testimony. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. That is the declaration of Easter. That's what Easter people say. In Greek, the language that this was all first written in, the verb tense is called perfect. Perfect tense. It has no real equivalent in English grammar. But it was used in Greek to show an action that happened in the past, but that still continues to happen. A past action that still impacts the present. In other words, seeing the Lord for Mary changed Everything, the consequences of seeing the Lord, well, it happened in that moment, but things are still playing out. We don't know how this will end. The action continues to now and into the future. See, that's what happens when we see the Lord. It changes everything. The Easter story, well, it happened a long, long time ago, yet it still happens. Even today it is happening. We can feel its reverberations. That day in the garden, while the world was still dark, God began something new, a resurrection revolution. As Jesus climbed up out of that tomb, he made a mockery of fear and the hate that crucified him, triumphing over the powers that desired to steal, kill, and destroy. 
Mary was that first witness, the first to join in God's revolution. And every time, every time we declare with her that declaration, every time we say, I have seen the Lord, every time we encounter new life and see hope rise, we join in the revolution. For we are not people without hope. Church, we are Easter people, agents of new life, and we cannot stand here on Easter morning without going out there and declare into the world, I have seen the Lord. But perhaps that, well, that may be the foolish, the most foolish part of this all. Is that God's revolution, well, it hinges on witnesses. Because resurrection must be announced. Had Mary not shared the news, would we even know? Yet here we are, still singing this morning, Christ the Lord is risen. Not then, but today. It's a strange thing to proclaim, but in here, well, in here it doesn't seem so foolish. In here we sing along, in here we believe. But what if we were to sing it out there, in the midst of a world obsessed with violence and oppression, to sing of light while it is still dark, to sing of hope in a world content to cheat, to lie, to fool and prank and steal, kill and destroy, all for the sake of amassing wealth and power. What if we were to stand right in the midst of a dying world while it is still dark and have the audacity to proclaim when all other evidence seems to suggest otherwise, I have seen the Lord. To say that resurrection is happening, that death is not the end, and justice will be defeated, and goodness and peace and love are winning. This may be the grandest foolishness of all. I heard a DJ on the radio while driving yesterday who referred to today as Easter Fool's Day. It was pretty annoying at first. I almost wrecked the van. I rolled my eyes so hard. But when I stopped complaining... I began to like it. Easter Fool's Day. Easter Fool's. Isn't that what we are, church? Easter Fool's. And church, here's your April Fool's joke. Though you may not see it, and while it's not yet fully realized, the resurrection revolution is happening. It may be cold, but it's beginning to bloom all around us. And the joke, the joke, well, the joke is on death. The joke is on the grave. The joke is on anyone who tries to steal away life. The joke is on us when we believe that there is no hope, that we cannot be born again and again and again and again. And maybe we should be laughing this morning so hard we are crying because this is such good news that death, well, death has no victory, the grave, no power, the powers of injustice and oppression will not win. And you and I and all creation, even the entire cosmos are becoming new. And so we hope, we believe, we live, we join the revolution, be born anew this day. In a moment, instead of the hymn listed in the bulletin, Tim Diebel's going to come and sing for us right after the sermon, a brand new song written by Disciples Musician called Hope Will Rise Again. And the refrain goes like this, church, we are Easter people turning power upside down in the valley of the shadow. We're the candle in the window saying hope will rise again. Say that with me. Hope will rise again. Everybody hear the story. Grace is given free. All together true forever. There is nowhere love can't reach. We are Easter people now and hope will rise again. Hope will 
so let the walls be broken down. Revolution all around. We are Easter people, church. We are Easter fools and hope will rise again. Hope is rising again. Don't you see it? Can you believe it? This, well, this is not a joke. No fooling. Amen? 